Coming soon to SCTV, Taxi Driver, starring Bob Hope. You talking to me? I think you were, weren't you? Huh? Nobody talks to me that way. I didn't let Daryl Zanuck talk to me that way. I'm not going to let you talk to me that way. That was you talking to me, wasn't it? Oh, don't give me that. I've, I've had that laid on me before. I know you were talking to me, weren't you? Well, I got one for you. Fooled you. You weren't talking to me, were you? But I'm sorry. Yeah, well, good night. Bob Hope is talking to you in Taxi Driver, Thursday at 9 on SCTV. Coming soon to SCTV, Taxi Driver with Woody Allen. A special presentation on SCTV's Movie of the Week. I know what you're thinking, that, that violence really isn't my thing. You know, that my idea of violence is like a, like a pink shirt with purple pants. But I have to ask you something. Uh, um, are you talking to me? I mean, there, there, there's, there's nobody else here. I mean, you're talking to me? Who, who are you talking to? Woody Allen is talking to you in Taxi Driver. Thursday at 9 on SCTV. Coming soon to SCTV. Taxi Driver, starring Gregory Peck. Excuse me. Are you speaking to me? Yes, you, buddy. I'm talking to you. Were you talking to me? I'm asking you a... I beg your pardon. What did you say? What did you call me? Oh, I am, am I? I'll blast you to smithereens. You cheap punk. Don't ever say that about me again. Gregory Peck in Taxi Driver. Thursday at 9 on SCTV. Coming soon to SCTV's Movie of the Week. A special presentation of Taxi Driver. Starring Dick Cavett. Um... This may sound odd, um, but are, are you talking to me? Now, I, I realize that it, it is sort of an awkward question, there being no one else here. I know you knew Groucho, but are you talking to me? Who are you talking to? Um, do you know what I mean? Dick Cavett is talking to you in Taxi Driver, Thursday at 9 on SCTV. everybody and welcome to the Nightfly St. Patrick's Day edition Lockdown edition How are you everybody? Dave Juskow Sticking through like the rest of you uh, What has just become uh, Well The strangest time in any of our lives Any, any I think anybody that's listening to the podcast No, this is it This is it This is the one I mean this is even I, it, 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 I don't, it doesn't top September 11th, but it's certainly up there. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, how's everybody doing today? I, <laughs> I guess this is about it. I don't know how people listen to the podcast. If you commute, I guess, well, nobody's going to listen to this. But uh, if you're at home, then, you know, I hope you're just hanging around, reading or whatever the hell you're doing and listening to the podcast because we've got to bring it to you, right? I mean, this is the most important of times to keep it going. In fact, I've been, you know, puttering with the idea of doing a daily podcast because why not? Nobody's doing anything except, of course, the construction they're doing on the building across the street. That never stops. Nothing can stop that stupid construction across the street. That goddamn crane about to fall out of my building at one gust of wind. Well, let's, uh, yeah. Who puts fruitcakes into a rock and roll song? All right, well, let's get down to business today, and uh, hello and welcome, everybody, to the show. It's, uh, oh my gosh, right? The world is ending. Uh, it, it's not, but it's it's very weird, and, uh, you know, again, we come up with the uh, the time when our parents never told us about any of this stuff. Every time we thought, wow, our parents had it tough. They lived through World War, or grandparents, I don't know, the World, world War II and Vietnam and all that stuff. Well, um this is just weird. This is the stuff they never told us. When they again, when they said you need a landline, you know, you got to have an emergency. They never saw emergencies like like 9/11 or or Hurricane Sandy or or Hurricane Irma or any of the weather-related incidents or especially a a, a worldwide virus. I mean, no no nobody could have planned no none of your parents whatever they said they had it hard. I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm thinking of a Mary Tyler Moore episode One of the, when she moved into that apartment and, and she, her neighbor turned out to be Laverne DeFazio. Uh, she moved, I could probably find it somewhere. I'm just thinking about it now so I don't feel like looking. But she moved into the apartment and uh, her super was like, listen, don't call me unless it's an emergency. And I, I, I'm just remembering this off the top of my head. And she said, well, what's an emergency? He goes, do you remember... Pearl Harbor, and she goes, yeah, and he goes, well, that was close. Well, fuck that guy thinking he knows what an emergency is, and fuck all the shit our parents told us that they thought was an emergency, because this, I mean, the stuff that, you know, we make fun of millennials, but the stuff they have witnessed since they've been born is really fucked up. Yeah, Vietnam is fucked up, and you don't get drafted anymore, and, um, you know, that's a pretty big deal, and that was a pretty bad time, but they've seen some pretty fucked up things in their lifetime between the weather-related 9-11 and this. Maybe we should, you know, let them do whatever they have to do. Yeah, they're annoying as shit, but uh, maybe they are entitled. Maybe they are entitled. I mean, Jesus Christ, this shit is fucked up. And I'll tell you when you know the world is ending. Today, I'm taping this on Monday. This comes out on Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day. Ireland has just announced they're closing their pubs. They're closing their pubs in Ireland. You know what that means? That's a serious state of emergency. That's when the world is ending. I mean, I don't think the world is ending. You know what I'm saying? But when Ireland closes its pubs and Italy closes its pizza shops, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> Hello, is this testing? Well, again, you know, for Dave Juskow, uh, because people say, how does it affect me, Al Franken? Um, but seriously, for Dave Juskow, 
you know, a lot of good news has come with this. They've canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade. So you know what? Right there, I'm pretty happy about that. I'm not happy about a lot of other stuff, obviously. Well, you know, they also canceled sports. Dave Juskow can't gamble anymore. I mean, there are some positives to being Dave Juskow during this crisis. I mean, the TV, I mean, I mean, folks, you know, if you're going to be quarantined and, you know, this is coming out on Tuesday, right? And by, by the time this comes out, we, you know, where they might put in that Stafford Act and we might all really actually be quarantined for two weeks. I mean, this is a really great time in history to be quarantined. I'm right. I mean, can you imagine in the 1700s, the 1800s, all this stuff, the plague, all that stuff? This is the best time ever to be quarantined with the Internet and movies. And you can watch anything you ever wanted to watch. You can play video games. You can play regular games. I mean, this is a beautiful time (laughs) to be quarantined. But it's a bad time to ironically be Dave just going to be out of work. Now, I wish I almost had my old job back, as much as I hate them all, and really wish they would all die of the uh, coronavirus. Um, boy, this would be perfect to be at work, right? I wouldn't have to go to work. I could work from home, and now, you know, you'd be making a paycheck. I mean, the funny thing is, what did Dave Juskow, am I being a little narcissistic on my podcast? Yeah, today I am, but uh, I'm just saying because I, you know, this is, you know, basically I could have called it the Dave Juskow show. What am I going to talk about? Um the uh, the the best part is that Dave Juskow, who's worked at a at a law firm in some sort of capacity or or had a job, you know, like everybody else, for thirty or forty years straight, and has been without a job for almost a year now, folks, uh, and has been trying to change his career to um, basically planning uh, live events of two hundred people or more. <laughs> now that's hilarious. That's my new job. I plan live events for over 200 people. That's that's what I want to do. That's what I'm like. I'm telling you guys every week. <clears throat> what I'd like to do is just plan live events for over 200 people. I mean, like, what an asshole. It's like, I, at first I thought, you know, again, God hates me. And I did something so horrible. And I was Hitler in my past life. I said this. I was on the Jim Norton, Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM on Wednesday, last Wednesday. And I said, I think I might have been Hitler in my past life because, and I think I told you this, guys, before, because my life would be an ironic punishment. If we have the word irony correct, this would be a a brilliant punishment. You know, all your friends become famous. You, you, you're right there, but you can't, you can't make it. And you just go on this downward spiral. It's a, it's a very fitting punishment for somebody who's really evil because it's it's not expected. Uh, you know, it's it's easy to think that Hitler is, you know, in hell and gets a pineapple put up his ass every day. That's too simple. Um, and whoever decides these punishments, if they are at all, uh, just it would seem so easy. But uh, what I'm saying is I thought it was about me, uh, Al Franken. <laughs> you remember when Al Franken would do that? Um, who should have been our president? Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's about... Uh, I'm sorry, all of a sudden I was just realizing if I was recording and, and where this uh, noise is that I'm thinking I'm coming from, but it's that stupid construction downstairs. Um, 
Now I lost my train of thought. Are you happy now? Are you happy now? I'm probably getting the coronavirus. No, the point was that, right, uh, I can't believe they're canceling all this stuff, and this is what a bad time. You know, they're canceling my shows and everything. But then I realized it's happening to everybody, not just me, clearly. I mean, and I mean, all right, so, well, let's take it, I guess, step by step. Uh, You know, when we last left you on last week, uh, everything was going according to plan. We weren't even talking about the coronavirus i don't think we mentioned it once maybe we did i i think i did because i thought i had it that's right and then i went to this bar meanwhile i have self-quarantined myself since thursday having a, a very bad sore throat which is now uh gone uh and right now as i sat down feeling now i have a temperature first time i felt that five days when i thought everything was going away so i may very well actually have the virus i don't know I was going to go to the uh, city MD, but I'm like, nah, it's going away. It's going away. But I, now I'm, I don't know. I, but being Jewish, it's very easy to think that I have everything. So it's very complicated to figure out if I have it. And I guess there's no way to get rid of it except, I mean, it's just what I've been doing, which is nothing. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've really interacted with – I mean, I did go to the grocery store a couple times, but so did everybody else. And, boy, it's really eerie seeing those shelves cleared out, especially – and you know what the worst this – this is the funniest thing. First of all, I still got the staples in the back of my head as of today, right? And they're driving me insane because when you're sick and you can't sleep because you have staples in the back of your head going into your skull – it's, it makes it, things more difficult. Now, they're supposed to come out tomorrow, but who knows if the doctor's office is going to be open. I, what, I'm going to take them out myself, I guess. I'm going to have to go to some you know, doctor or something, and uh, or I don't, maybe my next-door neighbor will take them out. Or I, I take, I don't, they're just staples. They're probably a staple remover, and I can't wait to get them out. But, you know, I mean, why would a hair transplant place have to be open? That's the first thing to go. Not like a regular doctor. In fact, he's not a doctor at all. This guy's the worst doctor of all time. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's been driving me crazy. So, so I've been so uh, we we're talking about the groceries and all that kind of stuff, and it's all uh, you know kind of horrible. I've interacted with people where I keep losing my train of thought because maybe I'm, I don't. Maybe I do have a temperature. Oh my god. So when right so. Uh, I'm thinking we let so so I had a show on it's just so weird the way things escalated, right? Uh I'll tell you about the show on Monday in a second, but I mean Wednesday night, this is the way I look at it. Wednesday night I came home. Where the hell was I even? Wednesday night. I don't remember what I did on Wednesday, but I remember coming home and my doorman telling me the NBA had canceled their schedule. And I said, that's fucked up. And then we also heard about Tom Hanks. And once Tom Hanks got it, that's when it seemed everyone took it serious. Once a major America's sweetheart celebrity got the virus, every, that's when everything went crazy. Where everything shut down after Tom Hanks got it. That is the epicenter of what happened after Tom Hanks was found. That's when the NBC, the NBA shut down their schedule. That was on Wednesday night on Thursday. When Dave just was supposed to have his show, I started getting a sore throat. 
And I was like, damn, if I could just get through this show, then I have nothing else to do for a while. Nobody knew what was happening. On Thursday, around 3 o'clock, Sarah Silverman texts me and she says, are you still doing your show? I'm just asking. She wasn't canceling because she's a good friend. But I could tell she she didn't want to go anywhere where there were a bunch of people. She's a germaphobe anyway. I was like, I don't care. You know, we'll just get through this last one. And uh, the club wasn't closing. It was about 3, 3.30. And then she told me that Broadway had closed. Well, after we had that guy, Michael Riedelon, about three weeks ago, the Broadway uh, critic, uh, and I was, you know, reading his book. And now Broadway has, again, can I... Use the word epicenter again. Is that wrong? Um, it, it, it has Broadway's been the 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 crux of New York City in the sense of healing in many ways, especially if you read that book and and, and our conversation. Uh, you know, it bought people happiness during financial uh, during the uh, what do you call it the the uh, collapse of the Wall Street. You know, the uh, God damn it. The hell's the matter with me today? You know the 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 legendary. Oh my god, maybe I do have a fever. I don't. Uh, the uh, oh my god, if I don't remember the. I I, I don't, right? Isn't it annoying at home? You're like you're talking about. Just say the word. But I, I I can't. You know what I'm talking about? The the stock market crash and uh, the depression. Oh Jesus Christ, that was going to bother me. Um, World War Two. You know Broadway. Broadway was you know like here's a way to get away. This is how musicals all started. You know this is here's a way to escape. Here's a way to escape. They just you know went a little too long. Uh, but and, and um, after 9-11, they were expected, this is what will bring people back to New York, Broadway. And then, uh, you know, the, the restoration of Times Square, all in the book, saying, here's what we're going to do to restore Times Square, Broadway. We got to make Broadway. We got to make theaters better. We got to make, we, we're going to use the Broadway as the shiny moment. We're going to put Disney on Broadway. We're going to put Lion King in here and stuff like that. And they closed Broadway on Thursday. And that's when Dave Juskow said, uh-oh. So uh, I called up the, the the manager, this girl Felicia, and I said, "What what do you think? You know, what do you think?" She's like, "Well, the club is open, the restaurant's open. Uh, it's up to you. You know, it's a produced show. It's up to you." And I'm like, "Well, I don't want to make Sarah come. I know she doesn't want to come. So the question is, you know, and this and this, if there was no virus between Monday and Thursday show, I would have it would have been over like a month or month or two rent. You know, like where I would have made it would have ugh, right." So I couldn't decide. And, you know, what are you going to do? We had like maybe 100 tickets sold. Maybe that's all that place holds anyway. Maybe we had 70 tickets sold, whatever, right? And people, definitely more people would have shown up anyway if on a normal, normal day with that lineup, um, you know, myself and Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Hello. Plus, Olga had a lot of people coming because she, she, well, that's the funny part too. Um, so, if Sarah Silverman's not going to come, you know, how disappointing is that? Well, don't worry. I'm still on the show. <laughs> how are you? You know, so you know what? I'm like, just cancel it. Everybody's uptight. Um, you know, my cousin who owns the Devils, uh, David Blitzer, uh, he, he wasn't going to, but his sister was going to come. I haven't seen her in years. Turns out she knows Felicia. You know, there's all this thing. And she was finally going to come to a show. She's like, hey, my husband's freaking out. I mean, everybody was freaking out. I said, we got to just cancel the show because it's selfish to have put on the show. So I said, listen, I'm canceling it. And this sucked. And Olga was like, why are you canceling it? All my people are still coming. And I'm like, why am I canceling? I don't know. What, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. But that's so cool. She has so many um, relatives and friends that want to see her 
they were like, we don't care if Sarah cancels, <laughs> like, which is which is actually way awesome. I should have maybe taken that into consideration, but I just couldn't. Um, because, because again, if, even if Sarah canceled, I would have done the show on a normal night. I, the show would have definitely gone on. But there was just, it's just too, everybody's all scared and crazy. And, and on Thursday, it wasn't even like that. So as the day went on, feeling obviously a little distraught, but kind of knowing I made the right move, as I made the call to cancel it, then an email came out from the club saying, we also canceled our Friday and Saturday shows. That made me feel better. So it wasn't just me being like a pussy. Um, then the NHL canceled their season. Then they canceled March Madness. And that all happened after I canceled mine. They clearly went off whatever I was doing because clearly the world works around me. So um, that was. Uh, I'm just glad I was able to save so many lives by just canceling my show of 50 people. Well, that's the thing. So I think the Comedy Cellar is still open and a couple of comedy clubs, um, but I assume they're going to, because now they're saying 50 or more. I mean, I assume, I mean, this is it. You know, by the time this comes out, I I just, I mean, who would go? I, I mean, there's lots of people that go. They have uh, on TV, they, uh, you know, there are lots of people going out for St. Patrick's Day. They don't give a shit, uh, which again, I guess is selfish, but. Is it? I don't know. I guess if you don't care, you don't care. I know it's supposed to stop the spreading and everything. I haven't really seen anybody for a long time. I have self-quarantined because I'm afraid I have something. I don't think it's the virus, but, you know, something's wrong. I can tell. Or maybe I can't even tell. I don't even know. Um, my mother keeps telling me I should get a thermometer. I feel horrible. I can't visit Rhoda. I can't. I can't. I don't want to get anybody sick. Sarah's in town. Sarah's in town. For the next three, her all her rehearsals were canceled. Her who knows what's happening with her show, so she's got nothing to do. But I can't hang out with her because I don't know whether I'm sick or not. So I, I guess I should figure that out first. So the best thing I've been doing is just um, staying in. And uh, you know, again, you know, when I took off the shelves, fortunately, I live on the Upper East Side, so everybody's pretty snobby here. So there was plenty of Chef Boyardee cans. Uh, that only Dave Juskow eats anyway. I'm pretty sure they only have it for me. So there was plenty of those things, but, um, you know, they just ran out of everything else. And I just found out yesterday, I was talking to Rachel Feinstein. Rachel Feinstein uh, did her final show as a pregnant woman. Uh, she went down to Florida on Thursday morning. I think if she had gone Friday morning, she would have canceled the trip. But she's like, I got to do one last gig. Uh, this one in Florida pays too much money not to do it. And, you know, fortunately, her husband came with her because if she was going by herself, I would have demanded she would not go. And I would assume her husband would have said the same thing. But he was going with her, so I was good with that. And if she had gone Friday morning, I think she would have canceled. Because like I said, everything fell apart on Thursday, like night, you know. So she's down there. She's doing the show. And then she called me and she said, everything's different here. Nobody seems to care. The place was packed. Uh, I did a show Thursday, did a show Friday, the place was packed. And then Saturday, I canceled both shows and Sunday because my doctor said, which, you know, the doctor said it was fine. But remember, she was performing in front of a large crowd of 200 or more. You know, the doctor said, well, you know, look, you could contract the virus and you'll be fine. The baby's not going to catch it or your husband can contract it or whatever the case may be. But... You know, if you contract it and it runs its course, you still could have trouble giving. Your pregnancy could be difficult. You'd make you'd make your pregnancy more difficult, either having or coming off the virus. You know what I'm saying? So that 
seemed to speak to her, and she canceled the shows and came home last night. And also went grocery shopping down there, filled up a duffel bag full of stuff, which was a good idea because, you know, I went back again yesterday, and there was just nothing. You know, I got mashed, I got Hungry Jack mashed potatoes, and they had plenty of that the other day, and then they were out of that. But I think uh, I saw my neighbor sent me a picture of them uh, restocking today. So maybe there's a, you know, people are going insane. Oh, so he, so Pete was telling me, he's like, don't worry. I hope you have plenty of toilet paper. I look at my thing. I had no toilet paper and no baby wipes. It's the worst thing I could have. And that's what I was going to say before is that my worst fear of being on a pill every day, I take a thyroid medication every day. And I did, that's the one thing I didn't want to do. I never take pills. I never take medication. I don't even take vitamins. And I didn't want to be on a pill every day, but everyone told me for my thyroid issue, whatever it is, high or low, I need to take a pill every day. And I hate taking a pill every day, relying on a pill every day, because God forbid you end up on a desert island, you're through. If you take a medication every day and yet you can't have it, you're done. That and baby wipes. You know, my once you use baby wipes, you can't go off of them. You know, you can't, your, your ass just can't handle a regular toilet paper anymore. <laughs> you can't use combination. And, and, and lo and behold, which I never thought would happen, you know, I never thought about it. Uh, now, I don't know whether I can get my medication because my, you know, my insurance doesn't, it's all weird and everything, and who knows what's going to happen. And, I'll, and, and there's no more toilet paper or baby wipes left in the store, and I'm on an island, the island of Manhattan. I never thought about it that way before. Holy shit. I'm actually this, my worst scenario just happened. I'm on an island without my medication and without my baby wipes. Ah! What am I going to do? I mean, obviously I'll figure it out, but uh, because I know God's keeping me alive for a very long period of time as a very miserable person. Oh, I know that's the plan. Oh, please. I'm going to live to be like 105. What a cruel, cruel joke. But, um, yeah, so then I, re- I don't know why. I usually am so good about restocking. I could have sworn I had like a, a carton of baby wipes. I, I mean, is my, did my cleaning lady take it? Why would she do that? She's new and seems pretty trustworthy. I, it just doesn't make any sense. But I, I'm usually so good about it. I see one left and I immediately order it. And now you, you can't order it. It's all unavailable. I looked on Amazon. Walmart, Target, nobody has toilet paper or baby wipes. I mean, that's fucked up. I have, I'm, I'm okay. I went, I got some like Pampers wipes. Or I mean, whatever works. I mean, I'll be fine. And then I assume they'll restock it. But I mean, what, what toilet paper? Never even, a, you know, everybody's getting confused about that one. The most obvious thing. My goodness, right? I mean, it's just, uh, it's uh, it's terrifying and it's not terrifying because even if you catch it, mostly, I mean, if you're, you know, mostly healthy, you're probably just going to run through the virus. It's a bummer. But again, self-quarantining these days is, is some sweet magic. It's just that I don't have a job. It would be uh, good to be getting a paycheck. Um, so that's going to be an issue, I guess. I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know. This was the one thing I couldn't have happened. Uh after I left my job. So who knows? And now, you know, you can't even look for a job. Like with people? Like to go out for an interview? Even if I wanted to get a job, I couldn't get a job. But on the flip side of that, we're together. 
I don't know. You know, maybe we'll do some more podcast. I haven't decided yet. Maybe we'll do some live shows. You know, we'll put it on YouTube or something. Since all my friends are available and nobody's traveling, everybody's around. We just have people over. But I got to get well. I got to make sure I'm 100%. So maybe I should get checked out to make sure I'm cool. Because otherwise I can't have anybody come over, you know, not even to do the podcast. I can't. And it's weird. Just now, as I sat down, I'm feeling like a little temperature, which I haven't felt yet. So I don't know what this is. I don't know whether it's running its course. I don't know whether I got it. I mean, now, now I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Oh, and what the fuck? Did, uh, when Tom Hanks found out he had the virus and his son, Chet Hanks, you're calling a kid named Chet anyway, you're, you're looking for trouble. Kid puts out an Instagram saying his parents are fine without his shirt on. What the fuck is that? If you look in, online and you look up Chet Hanks, it, it, he's, he's making a, oh, my parents are fine. And he's got his shirt off. Why would you do that? This guy's got to be the biggest asshole ever. I mean, he has to be. Because who makes a video with, I mean, yeah, he's got the, the body to do it, but it's like so obvious you're shoving it in our face. What a douchebag. They've also um, shut down the gym and the pool in my building. You know, no amenities. Uh, but it's funny that they sent us that. But I don't have a gym or a pool in my building, so I don't know who the hell they were sending that to. Just made me feel bad about my life even more. <laughs> like, yeah, we're shutting down all the pools and the gym, and I'm like, what? Why, you son of a... But that's what I was thinking is that, um, you know, doing the podcast. I mean, I, mean, I knew I was going to do the podcast, but when? Because I was, wasn't feeling good. You people are no longer maggots. Today, you are Marines. You're part of the Brotherhood. From now on, until the day you die, wherever you are, every Marine is your brother. Most of you will go to Vietnam. Some of you will not come back. But always remember this. Marines die. That's what we're here for. But the Marine Corps lives forever. And that means you live forever. Sweet. That's exactly what I was thinking of, uh, for God knows what reason, uh, when I was doing the podcast. Because, because we are Nightfly listeners. We are part of a brotherhood. From now on, until the day you die, wherever you are, Every Nightfly listener is your brother. Most of you will probably tune to another podcast. Some of you may not come back, but always remember this. Nightfly listeners never die. That's what we're here for. I think I messed it up, but you know what I'm saying. The Nightfly lives forever, and that means you live forever. Thank you. This is... I'm Dave Jessica, and I approve this message. How <laughs> are you? <laughs> because, so, uh, so let me tell you, so anyway, so on Monday, I had my seller show, the big final four show, right? So what we got? We got Natterman, Todd Barry, David Tell. Uh, Dave Landau, who killed it again, Marina Franklin, all my friends, and a good time. And then the final four of these four kids, right? 
and got uh, you know this Indian kid Adita Adita uh, Courtney Davis uh, Rinovska the Russian girl and uh, Megan Ruth Friend this Rinovska we met at the bar last Wednesday I told you that whole story very nice girl she texts me and says hey it's sold out can you still get my friend in and I'm so happy that it's sold out I couldn't believe it that I'm calling my mother and I'm like, hey, it's sold out. It's sold out. I can't believe it. And, you know, and knowing that the virus is around, all that stuff. Wow, that's great. I go, um, I go down to the cellar and Liz is like, what are you talking about? It's sold. It's not sold out. It was like half full. And I'm like, what an asshole. Why did she say she probably her friend probably clicked the wrong show? And then she posts that it's sold out and she's happy to be on this show. And I'm like, what a complete asshole. And I'm like, it's not sold out. Thanks a lot for ruining the show and telling people it's sold out, dummy. Well done. And she won the prize. She won. The Russian girl. Ah, probably should have gotten those clips together. Yeah, maybe I'll do that next time. I mean, what am I doing, right? I have all their material. I don't think they give a crap. So we do the show, and uh, it's going okay. Meanwhile, this girl, uh, Kate, comes in. She's very pretty. I needed a girl... To present the trophy and give the scissor and give the people their checks or their whatever the money, you know, just a prize. A girl. Yes, a girl. Or, you know, Mike Bichetti. They have to go the opposite way. Or, but I thought a pretty girl. So I was going to use this girl, Kate, who hangs around the cellar. Um, but she's kind of a wild card because she drinks a lot. And uh, anyway, then I couldn't get anybody. And Courtney goes, hey, you know, because uh, Olga wasn't going to come. But then she did come. Uh, and then she bought this girl Kate with her, and she's like, Kate will do it. And then this girl Kate, so there's a very limited space for all the comics to sit at uh, at the Village Underground, and I had extra four extra comics, and I certainly don't want to displace Todd Barry or or Attell or anybody, you know, because because somebody who doesn't belong there is sitting there. And this girl Kate just comes in, Sits at the comics place, starts screaming at me. I'm not doing your stupid thing, and I can go wherever I want. She was like, and I thought she was coming to maybe help with the show, but she wouldn't help with the show. And then she was screaming. I mean, it was really bad what she did. Uh, this entitlement that she has for being hot, and she is hot. Um, and then just sat in the comic section. That was that was the issue that I had. And then, you know, uh, because then there's not room for the real comics to sit down. And But she feels entitled. I think Sherrod has given her this entitlement there or something. And she just goes where she wants. And uh, nobody stops her because she really is that attractive. But, you know, then she wasn't even helped. I thought she was going to, you know, do this thing where she presents the pro- trophy. I bring her up. And she was just screaming. I mean, that was how she got in. And then she just flipped and said, go fuck yourself. I was very upset about that. So, uh, you know, I think she said, oh, I'm going to come Thursday to your show. And I said, please don't come because you are a problem. Um, so, I mean, that was just really bad, really bad, really not very nice thing to do to somebody who's just trying to entertain people. So Courtney was kind enough to get this uh, woman, Kara, a friend of hers, who perfect person to get, really pretty. 
and uh, you know, you know. Plus, I I was hoping to get somebody to do the timing so I could watch the people, you know. So because they do the two minutes, and I remember last year I had a problem, so they could flick on the light. And she goes, "Don't worry, I'm really smart. I know what I'm doing." So she was pretty, and she did the timing and put on the light for me. She was terrific. So the only thing she had left to do was to anoint the winner at the end. And by that time, she had started drinking, and she couldn't remember to bring the trophy or anything with her. So, you know. Meanwhile, the computer went off. You know, with the announcement, it was supposed to be this music. I was going to sing uh, Everybody's Working for the Weekend, The Lover Boy. So I don't know why. Just that's what I chose in the car. I was laughing when I decided this is the song I'm going to use when somebody wins. It'll be funny, at least to me, and, you know, to three other people in the audience. And um, But the computer froze. So it it didn't so it didn't it was very anticlimactic the contest was very anticlimactic and then it tell and the plan was you know you have the music and the lights and then it comes up you wrap up the show but because it was so anticlimactic it tell came up and I think people were just ready to go and I kept the show going longer because I thought Dave wanted to come later but then he ended up coming at nine o'clock so it was very confusing and I was very upset with the show but I know everybody had an excellent time. Like, I know the audience had a really good time, but I was upset with the whole turn of events of everything, you know, whether it's this girl Kate or the, um, you know, the, the the fact that the computer didn't work and just, uh, you know, really just upsetting and the ending wasn't good. And so I drank, you know, I decided I'm going to just do beer and shots. And I'm going to get really drunk. And I was there until five in the morning drinking, which is probably what caused me to pick up something. Because uh, the next morning, uh, you know, I woke up, you know, I tried to set the, I went to bed around six, seven o'clock. I set the alarm for eight. My cleaning was coming at 10. I ended up waking up at 945, rushing around, still completely drunk, uh, getting ready for her. And then I'm like, why am I rushing? Why am I rushing? I mean, I was meeting a friend for lunch at 1230. I I just feel like when she's here, I got to get out of the house. I, 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 you know, I'm not rich in any way to just lounge around and watch somebody clean so i just feel incredibly guilty so i always want to run away so i got out of the house and i walked through central park all the way up to the upper side ironically going to the west side comedy club to eat at playa Betty's with my friend jay who i've known since elementary school now jay uh and i have been you know friends like i said for a long time and the funny thing is this girl felicia um you know, is uh, who runs the Westside Club is is very wealthy, and she married very wealthy, and her friends are very wealthy. You know, like my cousin's sister and everything. You know, she just she has a different set of friends, and I'm like, um, oh, you know, I'm meeting my friend up there. He puts the cocktail napkins in the place. Yeah, he stocks the cocktail napkins in the silverware. You know, <laughs> and uh, all I could think about, of course, was. Um, was this scene? Excuse me, pal. You got a problem here? This is my friend. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? I'm the guy to put the bathrooms in his joint. That's who I am. Now I know why the place thinks I'm the guy who put the bathrooms in this joint. Hey, that's who I am. Yeah, that's that's all I could think of. I was just like, yeah, my friend puts the cocktail napkins in there. Don't worry about it. You know, her um, friends are the ones that own the restaurant. But they're like, yeah, my friend put the cocktail napkins in here. You're going to let me put the toilets in this place, right? When they go to the, uh, the, the department store. Oh, real class. Hey. Some joint, huh? 
When you take over, you let me fix the bathroom safe. Yeah. They don't cut it a bathroom here. <laughs> oh, can somebody help us here? I don't think so. I'll tell you, my friend here, he's... I'll tell you, my friend here, he's looking for a shirt. Yeah, uh, you have something in the dark black. Yeah, he wants something he can wear four or five days in a row. See, that's exactly what I've been looking for. I guess I am this level of class. My friend puts the cocktail napkins in, you know, that's not the toilets, but it's close. And I'm always looking for a black shirt I can wear four or five days in a row. I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. Let's continue the scene just because it's fun. You have any men's shirts for men? Yeah, <laughs> you tell have them. Have you tried the Army-Navy store? Oh, very funny, huh? One more word out of you and he gets it, all right? Talking about <laughs> <a man. laughs> Why don't you two put your heads together to make an ass out of yourselves, huh? <laughs> Where you going? It says come in and browse. Uh-huh. May I help you? No, thank you. Just browsing. Hey, what do I got in this place? Antiques? No, those are the customers. May I help you? Oh, no, thanks, sir. Just browsing. How long do you intend to browse? Well, that lady there. You don't ask her how long she intends to browse. How come you're asking us how long we intend to browse? You don't look like browsers. No, what do browsers look like? Maybe I'm half-browser. On his father's side. Nevertheless, I prefer that you do not browse any longer. Well, it's a free country. Yeah, if these people can browse, we can browse. Hey, Nikki, let's show the lady we're browsers, huh? Browsers. Hey, look at us, we're browsing. Hey, 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 ducks in heat. Please, <laughs> the 18th century. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, folks, better keep browsing, she'll kick you out of here. Hey, look at us, we're browsing. Is this an odd or an end? Hey, lady, if I buy two odds, will you show us your end? <laughs> <laughs> Security! Security! <laughs> Ah, classic easy money. Well, anyway, my fr- I met my friend for lunch, and I was, like, so hungover. It was ridiculous. But at Playa Betty's and, you know, ate whatever they had. And I felt better. I had, like, two things of Gatorade. I felt much better because I really didn't think I would make it. But Jay also supplies a lot of other places, including the old Anchor Bar. Do you remember, maybe it was a year and a half ago, where Memo and I went to the Anchor Bar. Remember, they made the Anchor Bar as the home of the Buffalo Wing in Buffalo, New York, and they built one on 57th Street. Remember, we went, we had the worst time. The wings were horrible. The service was horrible. The beer was horrible. What The sports bar atmosphere was horrible, and then they added on a gratuity for two people, and I was furious, remember? And I said, this place is going to close within a year, and it totally closed. Um I mean, that it's called something else now. It might still be owned by the same owner, but the two Anchor Bar guys got out because, I mean, you anybody that would have gone there would have said, this place ain't going to last. It's fucking horrible. So that made me pretty happy that it was gone. So whatever it's called now, I know the outlay of that place because I was even in there in its old carnation incarnation when it was i think called kennedy's and they have a really nice back room and jay knows i'm looking to do comedy shows i mean this happened on tuesday you know 
And so he got in touch with the people there, and they might be interested in something like that, but I can't contact them now. I got to wait till all this is over. It's possible when this didn't, didn't happen that I had like four places planned for every month, just like I wanted, and then this happened where you can't congregate with more than 50 people. I mean, what a goddamn nightmare. They got a really good back room that might work. It's not dedicated, but, you know, maybe some sort of curtain or something might work, although I think the bathrooms are back there, so maybe it won't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just looking at places, but he was very kind to talk to the managers or the owners and uh, said my friend runs a comedy show. So there was another place across from the old improv on 44th. I think it's called Reunion of the Surf Bar, and they wrote back, and and they wrote back, Hey, Dave, um, we've tried to do comedy here before, but we don't know, uh, you know, it doesn't work, but we appreciate what you're doing at the Westside Comedy Club. And I'm like, who the fuck are these people? How do they know what I'm doing at the Westside? It's the same owners from the Westside Club that own this other place I was trying to do a comedy show at. It was so funny. And and um, then I was wondering how they knew, you know, they're like, oh, sorry, we're out of town today. We wish we could be here for the show. Um, but it, they were really nice and uh it was just so funny. I had no idea they were the same owners as the Westside uh, Comedy Club or Playa Betty's. I guess they own multiple places. So, uh, But again, you know, he's trying. He found a new place over by Madison Square Garden for me. But unfortunately, this today is the worst time to go into a place. It's, it was I've been looking for it since I got out of work to find a new place to do comedy rooms, <laughs> you know. Jesus Christ. It's so, oh my God. It's sad. I have been, oh, right. Okay. So on then on Wednesday, oh, that's what I was, okay. That's what, that's where I was coming back. I forgot what I did Wednesday. Wednesday, I went to the Jim and Sam show on Sirius to promote the Thursday show and, of course, Turbocharge and had a really good, I did a really good job on that show in the sense because I was just so, I just opened up about everything. I just didn't give a shit anymore. It just doesn't matter. And I think they appreciate that, you know, and I like Jim so much and Sam too. And, uh, you know, I just had a really good time doing that show and the plan was doing that show. And then at nighttime, I did the Kumia Network. Uh, Dave Lando had his own show at night starting at eight o'clock. I did that show. We had a great time. So it was a good publicity day to try and get people to come to Thursday show and turbocharge and, you know, what a mess. You know, what a waste. And then Monday, I was supposed to go to Sirius and tape the Gilbert Gottfried podcast with Sarah, and they closed Sirius Radio. I mean, I was there, I think, on the last day they were open. Um, I mean, March was supposed to be a perfect month for somebody who's not working but trying to make it in this capacity. There was plenty of publicity. There were two shows. There was going to be more publicity, you know, like more, I mean, it was just an opportunity to really get the word out there that I put together shows or that I, you know, have stuff going on or that I have this horrible movie out, which is now, you know, legendarily classic because it's so bad. Um, and boy, did that come crumbling down. What what a disaster, you know. Um, uh, but, oh, I remember I, um, no, that doesn't matter. But, uh what was the point? Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's so weird. When I was on this Dave Landau Nighttime Kumia Network show, we were talking about, for some reason, we were talking about Dr. Doolittle, the original Dr. Doolittle from 67, which is so weird because it's been on a lot lately. And I remember it as a kid. When I, I don't have a bit, but I 
tell people all the time, and I've told you people, maybe I say it on other podcasts, that I hate every movie that was that we grew up in the worst times. In the sense that I hate every movie that was made before I was born. And I don't care what people think or say about that. That's the way I feel. They were all boring. I mean, they didn't have any kids' movies besides The Wizard of Oz. I mean, so they come out with this, you know, Mary Poppins. I mean, that's about it, right? They come out with this Dr. Doolittle in 1967. I remember seeing it in the movies. Maybe I was three. I remember how bored I was at this fucking movie. I'll never forget it. And I, right, I never forget. I, how can I have that memory? That's the same theater I saw Star Wars in ten years later. You know, how could there just be just such bad movies back in the sixties and fifties and, and stuff? Just that, that's just darn interesting. You know, can you imagine why I always say like growing up and you got Back to the Future and all these other, even the Terminator and shit like that. I mean, it's so cool (laughs) like you know that's what happened before you were born this would be a better way to start i think you know i don't know uh just everything sucked because i guess i don't know you know because i'm so old now even though you know i don't i'm really not that old but i am old right because if you figure that uh black people couldn't vote when i was born (laughs) that's i mean that's hilarious because that's pretty you're pretty goddamn old and and movies were well they were just kind of getting going <laughs> oh my god if you think about it in those terms like you're the oldest person that ever lived but um it's kind of funny but anyway dr doolittle blows and so we were talking about it and then lo and behold on wednesday night when i got home they're playing the simpsons at 11:30 p.m on like channel nine today's safety film don't wear jewelry during sports has been canceled Instead, we'll watch a movie that made me fall in love with showing movies I've watched to other people. That's right, 1967 classic Dr. Doolittle, which answers the question, what if an elderly, unmarried doctor decided to focus his practice on animals? The running time is 152 minutes! The running time is now! If you see it, oh, he's been giving that horse an eye exam forever. (laughs) It's a carrot, stupid. Isn't it a pity you're a seal? Then he kisses the seal at the end. Dude's making it with a fish. I kissed a light socket once and I woke up in a helicopter. This is the world of Dr. Doolittle. The wonderful world of Dr. Doolittle. This is Anthony Newley at his worst. Where Where crocodiles talk and elephants sing. And animals do most any old thing. We're blind. And it turns us 150 minutes later. <laughs> that movie was so bad, it actually stinks. Oh, it's not the movie. It's Bart. Oh, my God. Isn't that funny? <laughs> They're just, I mean, the people that write that were obviously my age and, um, you know, Obviously, realize that movie really stinks, and that's why that Eddie Murphy one is so much better. It's really good, and apparently, the Robert Downey Jr. one must have just tanked because that was. How do you come out of 
the Avengers make a movie like that and it just nobody ever heard it. I almost want to watch it because I'm like, how bad could it have been in this day and age with animatronics and everything? But that Eddie Murphy one is really good. Oh God, that first one, Rex Harrison. I've always been making fun of Rex Harrison since the beginning because I can't believe that guy made it as a as a musical comedy guy. The guy sings, but then he doesn't sing. If I could talk to the animals, learn their languages, maybe take an animal decree, I'd study elephant and eagle, buffalo and beagle, alligator, guinea pig, and flea. He can't decide. And he does the same thing in uh, My Fair Lady. Uh, how is it? Why can't the English teach their children how to speak? Norwegians learn Norwegian. The Greeks have taught their Greek. In France, every Frenchman knows his language A to Z. The French don't care what they do, actually. It's rather they pronounce it properly. <laughs> I don't know why I know all that stuff. But the important thing is, is that Rex Harrison stinks. And I think he won an Oscar for that. I mean, it's a stink stink, but he just stinks. Because, like, what the fuck? Why would you have an old man doing that in a children's film? It doesn't make any sense. Meanwhile, I have to thank God that that happened because maybe then I could be an old man and be in a film like that too. But the point is, Jesus Christ, 152 minutes. How That film was so long. How is that a children's film? A children's film should be 84 minutes. Tops. You know, like uh, Turbo Charge, which is basically a children's film because it's a puppet show. So I put my money where my mouth is. And the worst part about all of this is that they... Uh, you know, they canceled Nancy Drew this week, and I, you know, I'm dying to know what the hell's happening. She's about to solve this huge mystery. It's on the CW network. They said they were going to air it Saturday, but I don't see it on my DVR. I finally turn on, and I, you know, I always wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, well, I'll watch Nancy Drew's on. And then it's not, I, oh, this, uh, this will be on on Saturday. And they stopped production on Nancy Drew and Riverdale. Everybody's stopping productions on all the shows. Everybody's stopping everything. Remember, I was going to go out to L.A. at the end of April. I'm assuming that's canceled. Bumping Mike's is canceled. Remember, I was going to open for Dave and Jeff in April. God damn it. But it's not just me. They're not making money either. Jesus Christ, it's pretty fucking scary. But I'll tell you what I have been watching. I've been watching nonstop Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You know, because, well, you know, I, I decided... Uh, the uh, antenna TV at five in the morning. We've been talking about it. I just, you know, I worship Salem, and that's why I got a black cat named Selena, because um, I was always hoping it was going to talk. And I watch it every day, and it's really bad and boring. But um, <clears throat> the old ones I'm talking about, but that Salem just always delivers, and you know, and of course he's just always talking about eating. Ah, macadamia nuts from the minibar. Especially tasty when they're your third jar and someone else is paying for them. (laughs) Some squirrels broke in. I'm just tidying up. Okay, what have we learned? We've learned that 14 shrimp cocktails should not be accompanied by an entire shepherd's pie. (laughs) Which you know that I do all the time. But um, the best is that... um the other day, uh, I was watching an episode, and I've been watching them in order from like season one to whatever. I, I just have them, they're just easy to watch, right? But I just watch them for Salem. So I taped a couple off the TV, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, they had one where uh, Sabrina goes to the other realm and she has to do community service in the rumor mill uh, with the, the black kid from Clueless. And they start dating, right? I'd forgotten about. It. Uh, and you put in the rumor, and she they just wrote all these rumor mills, but apparently if you put something in the rumor mill in the other realm, it comes true in the mortal world. 
So I guess she put that Salem was a uh, mob boss and forgot. And then when she got home, uh, Salem is sitting in the, uh, the three-piece suit with the tie and wearing the gangster hat. And uh, I, I taped it off the TV. <laughs> you to meet the heads of the four families of Westbridge. Don Calamari. Don Amici. Don Tutti Frutti. And of course, Don Dadantan. Nice to meet you. Salem, you're not in the mafia. It was just a rumor. (laughs) Gentlemen, you will have to forgive my little friend. Sometimes she talks when she should be reading her magic book. Then she would know that any rumors started in the other realm become truths in the mortal realm. Oh, well, in that case, Don Salem, on this day, the day of your daughter's wedding, how do I make it stop? You know, some of us like being mafia bosses. I mean, I like it. I get to wear a cool suit. No, nothing happens to Sabrina while her mother's still alive. Gee, thanks. You know, listen, I know it's ridiculous, but, you know, this is the kind of stuff that makes me laugh. The cat is sitting there with uh, four regular guys, you know, gangster guys, not just cats, but the cat is all dressed up and he's talking. I mean, what do we do? I cannot abide a cat who would let his owners give him a name that robs him of respect. What would you have us do down Salem? Whack Fluffy. Some two more best guys. No, wait. I want that cat to wake up with a mouse head in his bed. Of course, Godfather. Second thought, bring me the mouse head. It's funny every time. Don Tutti Frutti and Don Don Don. Oh, I have a problem. I don't know why I find it funny. I can't help myself. I've obviously got an issue. And then the worst part is I'm watching The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I just finished last night, season three, because I have to watch anything where there's a black cat um, or, you know, a, a, a young witch. Uh, but uh, and, you know, in that one, Salem doesn't talk because it's it's a more serious one. You know, this one, I've told you about it before. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. The first two seasons are pretty good. The third one wasn't as wasn't as good, but the last two episodes were okay. And um, Salem doesn't talk in this one, you know, which of course bothered me because they made it more serious. And uh, except in this one episode, which again, last night, uh, I, I taped off the TV for you. <laughs> Salem, I have to do this for my own good. Bruden said to carve my name on this one, next on the other. Then I just burn the wick, and all my feelings for him are gone. Our cords cut. Yes, of course, Nick. Who else? Harvey? No. I mean, I'll always love Harvey, but I don't think I still... That's that's the kind of that's, that's the way I used to talk to my cat when I come on. I to, oh, I know. Just back off already. 
So how am I not going to like a show like that? Are you kidding? What's funnier than that? Nothing. I can't believe I'm not doing a show like that. I almost have to get another cat so I can do that show, but I'd prefer to have the animatronic cat. They're a lot easier to handle. Where can I get that Salem animatronic cat, that Nick McKay still alive? I mean, why are we just doing that show? Didn't I just talk about that last week? I've been watching too much. I have to get out of it. All right, let's just get out of that because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but speaking of ridiculous, um, so again, you know, I mean, we're sequestered, right? So, you know, I'm watching everything and everything. And so when I'm watching stuff, I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm not going to look for this online because it probably doesn't exist because it's so random. That's been taping stuff off the TV. So I found this, you know, I've been watching a lot of Match Game, as we talked about last week with that Tina Blank, and it turned out to be Tina Louise as the number one answer from 1975. You tell anybody uh, older than, uh, well, younger than really 53, uh, they're not going to, they're going to be like, what? Um, So uh, what they did back, I think, in 1980 was they combined Match Game and Hollywood Squares for like an hour. It was horrible. And so it was Hollywood Squares and Match Game, and Gene Rayburn would sit in on the Hollywood Squares, and the host of Hollywood Squares would sit in on Match Game. And I just taped this one part, because first of all, the question is so fucked up, and the answer is so fucked up in the fact that it's just this game show. Uh, But the end answer is what I think I'm going to name this week's podcast. Okay, Diane, your move. Uh, Gene Rayburn, please. Gene Rayburn. Yes, sir. Turning the tables, asking you a question. Watergate conspirator G. Gordon Liddy, Gene, says that listening to this man gave him the first feeling of hope in his life. Was he referring to Billy Graham, Richard Nixon, or Adolf Hitler? (laughs) Well, I was not in his corner at any time during those historic events and momentous events. I believe uh, because of the nature of his character, he uh, was inspired by uh, Billy Graham. Okay, so Gene says it was Billy Graham who inspired uh, G. Gordon Liddy. Agree or disagree, Diane? I agree. The answer is Adolf Hitler. You should have disagreed, and Joseph gets the square. Okay, Joe, you're in a commanding position. Ed Bigley Jr. to win, please. Ed Bigley Jr. for the first game. That's the line. Uh, Ed Bigley Jr. for the win, please. That line made me laugh out loud. (laughs) I don't know why. It's just so randomly ridiculous. Ed Bigley Jr. for the win, please. That, sorry, that will be the name of this week's podcast. Um, But also, how about that question? Uh, G. Gordon Liddy said he got inspiration from this. Is it? And, and then Gene Rayburn said he, he had this like logical answer. Like it's not funny at all. He's like, well, you know, I wasn't on his side or whatever. Uh, but I, uh, you know, <clears throat> and then it turns out the answer is Adolf Hitler. I mean, the whole the, that whole scenario is just fucked up. The question, the answer, and then the 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 fact that they got it wrong. The, the fact that people are laughing a little. I mean, it's just... And then, of course, Ed Bailey Jr. for the win, please. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, yes, I remember. I also... You know, our guest uh, two weeks ago was the great Richard Klein. And I was watching a Three's Company where Janet started donning a blonde wig and was like started getting all these dates and then became a real douchebag um, because she was like so hot. Um 
and uh, just Larry has a, a classic entrance. It's it's it doesn't go anywhere, unfortunately, but it's still um, just it's our boy, and that's what makes it so awesome. What's the matter with you? It's Janet. If she asks me one more time how she looks in her wig, I'm gonna set fire to it. Well, you should have done that a week ago. I mean, she's getting so many compliments at work and whistles on the street. It's changed her whole personality. I know. She's not like Janet anymore. Uh, she's acting like a dizzy blonde. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Don't get me wrong, Diz. Some of my best friends are blonde. That's good, because tomorrow Janet's going to bleach your hair. Hey, it's never too late to talk some sense into her. Mm. Okay? So... <laughs> One of you going to say something about my new dress? Well, um, don't you think that um, it's a little too much? Oh. <laughs> I think it's a little too little. <laughs> That's what I like about it, Jack. And I think that Bill will, too. <laughs> yeah, listen, Janet. Zip me, hon. I better get the door. Whatever you can handle. <laughs> I'll zip you. Oh, hey, Jocko, wait till you hear about my week in San Francisco. I want to tell you, I met the girl of my dreams. I'm telling you, I will never look at another. Well, hello there. <laughs> he doesn't realize it's Janet. Isn't that the best? Isn't Larry the best? He's the Jan- Jack. I will never look at another girl. Well, hello there. <laughs> And then he realizes it's Janet, and he uh, kind of freaks out, which is why we were talking about that character would have been creepy if somebody wasn't good. But it's not because he's like, oh, I can't have sex with Janet because Janet's my next door neighbor and all that kind of stuff. So it actually works out okay. But, I mean, that's just so classic setup, punchline, topper. That is some classic comedy with our pal Richard Klein and that's why we love him so much I mean how much of a dream come true is that for Dave Jusko Jack I have met the girl of my dreams I will never look at another girl at well hello <laughs> see Dan Natterman playing <laughs> hello <laughs> oh I'll tell you another good thing about this uh, the coronavirus is that Billy uh, you know my nephew's show got cancelled the rest of the shows, um, unfortunately, I had already seen it, or fortunately, I already saw it. Saw it the week before, as you know. Um, but you know, the rest of the shows got canceled, so uh, good. But I was thinking, we were talking. To, I was talking to uh, my friend Lee the other day, or you know, some or somebody, and just how funny it is that my sister and I, and I talked about this last week, were yelling at each other over a show that happened in 1979. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it, um, you know, when she was getting so angry because, you know, my mother had said, well, Billy's gotten lots of leads, and, you know, she's, my sister went ballistic because he didn't have the lead in this show. And then, you know, I bought out, like, well, you know, our drama teacher, Mr. Glick, he's, you know, he spread it around, too. He's like, oh, is that why you got so many roles? And I'm like, well, how do you explain Rob Festinger not getting the role of the Woody Allen role and played against Sam. Why would he give it to Gary Schwartz? And she's like, Gary Schwartz is talented. And I'm like, but he wasn't right for the role. And we're just yelling at each other about a show. I'm just I'm thinking of a show that happened in 1979. I mean, he was not right for that role. You cannot tell me he was correct for that role. Yes, he is talented. But look, we're yelling at each other about a show that happened in 1979. There's nothing funnier than that. Again, when you're pointing out how old somebody is, that is old people shit funny. 
My sister and I are getting into a fight over something that happened in 1979, folks. That's funny. And I want to get this guy, Gary Schwartz, on the podcast and just be like, now look, do you or do you not admit you were not right for that role? You are a very talented actor, but I have to know if you actually honestly thought you were right for that role. Now, the best thing about Gary Schwartz is we keep bringing his name up. I mean, I should have him on the podcast. I mean, this is a guy I've known since elementary school probably i think we went to hebrew school together something right and we all knew he was gay you know early on but he wasn't overly gay he was also kind of manly in a way too and he was he was clearly talented but he was clearly gay uh nobody cared he never got i don't even think he got made fun of but because everybody kind of knew and he didn't and he kind of owned it he just didn't seem to care obviously he didn't come out but you know whatever but it's funny because remember, you know, so we brought it up last week, it was Gary Schwartz, because he was playing the Woody Allen role. Now, this guy, this gay man, you know, to play the Woody Allen role and played against Sam didn't make any sense. There was this guy, Rob Festinger. I mean, he looked like Woody Allen. He wore the jacket, you know, the, the, the army jacket like Woody Allen. I mean, he was the, he was the guy that should have played that part. Um, the best part about the story is that my friend Lee Marek is actually in the show as the character of Dick. <laughs> now, that's funny. But... This guy, Gary Schwartz, we also talked about him when we had the call-in show because Rich Duffy brought up that when we were changing the movie theater signs, Gary Schwartz is the one that fell into the cesspool. So we keep bringing his name up. And if you remember correctly, and you probably don't because I'm pretty sure I've told the story, but at the bat mitzvah of my friend uh, Lisa and I met this girl, Melissa, who I hadn't seen in 20 or more than that years and she married the ultimate gay guy i mean a guy that i knew was gay since nursery school and i definitely told you this story i mean he was just really gay i mean again uh it didn't come off as gay but he was just so gay you know what i mean you know what i mean well back then it's hard to describe but he's pretty goddamn gay right and plus you know, I knew guys, and remember I told you that, uh, you know, I had a friend who turned out to be gay, and he was like, wanted to sleep with this other guy, this guy Rogers, his name was Roger, and he was gay, right? So anyway, he marries this girl, and my parents, I'm, I'm just going over it really quick, because I have told the story before on who God knows which podcast, but remember my parents go, oh, isn't that nice that Melissa's marrying Roger? And I was already in college, and they were in their 20s, and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, I guess she knows he's a flaming homosexual, and my parents are like, what? And I'm like, wait, pff, you don't know? And, um, you know, and then they're like, and we were having a discussion of whether we should tell her or not. And I'm like, well, my guess is she's got to know. I mean, they, maybe they have some sort of arrangement. You know, I don't know. Maybe she's a lesbian. I, I, don't, I don't know. She's, I, how do we get involved? She's got to know. How can you not know? But if you remember the story, and you probably don't, at that bat mitzvah, only maybe that's 10 years ago now, I see her and I'm like, what's going on? She goes, oh, we're getting divorced. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> She's like, can you keep a secret? I'm like, not really. And she's like, turns out Roger's gay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then but the line of the day today is, and she goes, oh, you know, um, first of all, she didn't know he was gay, which, again, is the mind boggler of all mind bogglers. You know what I mean? If you meet this guy, if you ever meet this guy, if I ever bring him on a show and be like, hey, I'd like him to meet this guy that this girl didn't know was gay, you would just think that this girl has got to be the stupidest person on the planet. Um, 
it would be like grace and will and grace, I guess. You know, back then people just, I don't know how you can't tell, but they didn't have their gaydar on or whatever. I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess if you have kids and somehow your penis gets, I, I still don't understand that part of, anyway, that's a whole other story. Anyway, she goes to me, she goes, yeah, you know, um, I don't know if you remember this kid, Gary Schwartz, but he's been hanging out with him a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> do I remember him? I can't get rid of this guy in my life. I don't know what his fucking story is. <laughs> but it just keeps coming up. His name always comes up all the time, Gary Schwartz. It's just so funny. Meanwhile, if you look him up on Facebook, he looks incredible. I mean, he is just an unbelievable good-looking dude. <laughs> like, it's really amazing. Like, I, I can't remember whether I became Facebook friends with him or not. Obviously, I was having trouble with uh, gay people at that point, uh, you know, the, even though I had, uh, you know what I'm saying, back then it was very difficult, now no problems, but in the day, very difficult to deal with, as they probably had even a worse time, but he looks amazing. I mean, seriously, he looks unbelievable. And he was on Broadway, went to see him on Broadway and everything, you know, because, I mean, the guy was really talented, but he just wasn't supposed to be playing that role. He's not supposed to be playing Woody Allen. He's a good-looking dude. What the fuck is he playing Woody Allen? So you have to ask, why did the director choose this guy? Because the director wasn't gay. He definitely wasn't gay. The director was like, well, like me, if I was a, a high school drama teacher, getting confused by 16 and 17-year-old girls who were flirting with them because they want parts. I mean, this, this I was, the, that's why we were friendly. Until our thirty, until I was in my thirties, because the only reason I stopped being friends with him is because he was sending my friend Nancy some voodoo shit because she's so gorgeous, and he was still pulling that shit with you know I don't know what he was doing. So I had to stop being friendly with him, which is a shame because he was very nice and cool. Well, he wasn't cool, but he was interesting, and he lived in the city. I've told you this before. I mean, he lived on Seventy Second Street, and it was cool to have a teacher that lived in Manhattan and knew all about shows and he was straight he was clearly straight i mean we don't know anybody dated that was uh, age appropriate but he definitely liked girls and he never liked boys so why did he choose this sophomore gay guy to play the woody allen part it's the ultimate question we all have <laughs> when i say all uh me my sister large Lerman and lee maracas uh, just basically the four and my friend chris donahue as well um whose kid got the caddy scholarship last week <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I listen to the podcast. I was so excited. <laughs> I think I got the Caddy Scholarship. It's unbelievable. But it's like a really, you know, but it's like a, it's an honor and a privilege. It's just, I mean, it, again, this is Chris's favorite movie. It's un, it's unbelievable. We were watching Caddyshack as kids and we knew every line and he's a huge Bill Murray fan. And for his son, one day to have a son that gets a fucking Caddy Scholarship, I, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's just Yes, I, I can't. I got. I gotta have. You know what? We gotta have the Colin show again. I gotta have him on the podcast. He's gotta talk about it because it's so funny. I mean, well, this guy is so hilarious. I mean, you know, here's one of these guys. This guy, Chris Donio, and we've been friends for so long. He's again like like Dave Elliott and Lee Maracas. These are really, really funny, funny people who don't you know didn't do comedy. It's basically the way I guess I should have been. And just done something else. And it would be like, oh, Dave just got very funny. He should think about doing comedy, but he really shouldn't do it professionally. You know, that's how funny these guys are, where you could say, you know, you should really get up on stage. I mean, these guys are really genuinely funny. I mean, they really are. Chris Donahue is a, is a genius. And uh, the, the way he, I mean, since high school, he's been a, a comic genius, like Dave Elliott. 
for real. They, these guys are good. They just come up with the lines. They're not doing it on purpose. They're just fun and funny guys. So Chris, his other daughter, goes to uh, college down in Florida, and they had a uh, you know, the dads come in and they did like a runway thing or something. And he sent me the thing and he was like uh, <laughs> pointing to his ass, you know, like something like, and he's like a shy guy. So to do that, you know, takes a lot of guts and, uh, and it's really funny. And, um, you know, his uh, daughter is, you know, pretty, so she's in a sorority and the sorority had this thing for their dads and everything, which is so really nice. And here's a guy that just completely deserves good things to happen to him. You know, he's a, a really nice guy. He has had, uh, a, you know, a tiny, a, a bit of tragedy in his life as well and, and just deserves good things to happen. He's a good person. And, uh, you know, he married well and and they have really two great kids, which, as you know, uh, I'm a huge proprietor of the parents getting complete credit for having kids that are, you know, so, uh, you know, just not just well-behaved, but cool and smart and interesting uh you know unlike my nieces and nephews i mean that my you know sister and her uh, husband are idiots clearly uh you know <laughs> i'm just how i because <laughs> i'm sure beth is listening because you know what else are you gonna do today but um no you know how i feel about my nieces and nephews they're they're all great um i mean they really are you know we we all love i mean you know what i just gotta get better i gotta get dory on the podcast what's she doing and we got to put everybody on the pod. I mean, everybody's got to come on because no one's doing anything. So I just got to do it. I really got to just, once I get better, I got to travel around every day just or have people come here and just, you know, let's just do some podcasts and have a good time and see what everybody's hunkering down doing. And I'll make everybody mashed potatoes or Chef Boyardee uh, spaghetti and meatballs because I guess I'm going to get so fat. I mean... I thought I was going to faint the other day, but I think I was dehydrated from all the sodium I've been having in all of these canned goods. My sister's like, have some Gatorade or something, because you are probably so dehydrated from all the salt that is in all these canned products. You know what I had the other day, because they, they only had it left? Dinty Moore Beef Stew. They have it in the can. That's all they had, the cans they had left. It was delicious. I don't know why I'm not eating that every day. It was unbelievable. But it's funny eating all these cans and all this kind of stuff. It's like, boy, and being out of toilet paper. Well, the conundrum. I mean, the the bit writes itself. But actually, I don't know. I don't. That's the thing. I don't feel sick. Why? When I, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever even had the flu before. But if I did have it, I've never thrown up. I've never thrown up from food poisoning or flu symptoms. I've only thrown up from drinking, ever. I have diarrhea. Now that is a real thing, but that's also just from eating poorly. That's not even from being sick or anything. I mean, if I if I do a food poisoning, it comes out the other way. Thank God. I prefer that to throwing up. Now, a lot of people prefer throwing up because you can just do it anywhere. Diarrhea really takes some some effort, uh, you know. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> and that's the thing. Remember, Sarah and I would always talk about how you can will yourself to have diarrhea because you know we just we just can. So maybe I willed myself to have this virus, and I got to see it through. Uh, I'm not sure what to do. I'm supposed to go over Sarah's house today, and we're going to play like a, some games or something and everything. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether I'm just feeling bad because I just haven't been out of the house. Maybe I need to get out. I, I can't, really can't decide. 
I guess I got to get a thermometer and everything. Let me just make sure that I have given you everything I wanted to do today before we leave. Yes. And right, we played the SCTV up front because that was goddamn awesome because we're going to need SCTV to guide us through these times. Now, I again, I you know, obviously I got nothing to plug. Nobody's got anything to plug. Um there's no sports going on. Usually I'm gambling at this point. I mean, I guess that's a good thing, but I was already up this week, so what is that all about? But um, fortunately, they haven't asked for their money back yet, so that's good. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's uh, – I mean, I know the podcast will continue, obviously, every week. That's not going to be an issue because um, even though I was trying to do it all weekend, I'm like, oh, I'm too sick. I'm not feeling sick. I'm not feeling good, but I'll do it Monday, and I set it up and said, blah, but need to boo. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with everybody here, but I mean with uh, – you know how we're going to do it or who's going to be on it or what we're doing or anything i mean maybe we should have another call-in show that way everybody can say we can find out what everybody else is doing assuming you know people are still listening you know i'm off of soundcloud now because uh i don't know does anybody even listen to SoundCloud? but we're on spotify and we're on itunes and we're on uh, iheart radio and google play and i think that's enough platforms i guess and if you think of a platform you need me to be on, please let me know, and I'll try and work it out. But for right now, and of course, Acast is the the main one I'm on, but um, those guys have been uh, confusing in uh, how they treat me. And the Great Night Fly podcast. I mean, they got a lot of goddamn nerve. This is the greatest podcast to ever be played. Am I right? And I've met a lot of nice new people uh, after doing the Jim and Sam show. A lot of people told me they listen, and, and they were very nice to uh, reach out afterwards and say you know that they liked it and, that, and that's very nice and thank you everybody and everybody really has been really nice and kind and i like that i like people that listen to the show to be nice polite people isn't that what we all look forward to so um i mean i guess right now is the time to be good to your fellow man and stop hogging up all the toilet paper so i can have some i don't know what the ne- next week is to bring but i will certainly be bringing you more podcasting for sure at least weekly for the time being we'll see what happens if I decide to ramp it up but I gotta feel better first and then I'll let you know next week if I oh god next week I get those staples out oh I cannot wait oh god I hope they're gonna be there can you imagine if they just decide to close down I gotta oh I can't wait to get these goddamn things out of my head I hate my hair I don't know why I did it in the first place. I really don't know. I really just don't know. But anyway, if you have any questions or anything, you know, write me at, uh, I think it's Dave Dreskow fans at gmail.com. And um, otherwise, uh, you know, I'll see you on Instagram. Maybe. I don't know. I probably won't even post anything. I don't know. I'm on Twitter or whatever. I don't know what to do. I can't decide. My head's all fuzzy. So maybe I do have a problem. I don't know what's happening. But I just hope that you guys are okay and I hope you're doing well with, uh, because I can guarantee a day after this comes out, they're gonna, it's going to be a national ban. Something, something's going to be big for two weeks where we're not doing nothing. Pretty sure that's the way we're headed. It's a little bit of a scary time, but it's not that scary. Because most of us, even if we contract the virus, it'll go through our system and we will survive. But, uh, you know, it's just weird and... Just something we never first saw when we were children. It's just so weird in that sense. But other than that, I really hope everybody's great. And uh, I hope just everybody's just watching great TV. Share with me what you're watching. I'll play it on the show. (laughs) I will just continue to bring you, not the hits, but the clips. The ones we love. And I will see you next time on The Night Fly. Good night, everybody. Have a great and safe and healthy week. Good night.